1: Uh, good to have you alongside, everybody, Bears fans out there, NFL football fans, football fans in general. We'll talk about all of those things tonight because there's more football coming apparently next and <laughs> next spring. Not one, but two leagues now. We'll walk down memory lane with my broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM, Tom Thayer. But the focus tonight is the Bears after uh, a week of OTAs. Big Tom, we got a chance to see them on Wednesday up at Hattles like we will next week. And we'll touch on those topics with Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio coming up at 6.08. And then at the bottom of the hour, one of the Bears' rookie classmates, Khalil Herbert, the running back we're very impressed with. He'll be joining us at 6.30. Tom, good evening. How are you doing?
2: Big Jeff, I'm good. It's exciting to see the guys on the field in their cleats inside of a huddle, breaking the huddle, running patterns downfield, looking the defense that Sean Desai is going to put together and see what his formula of attack is. So there's a lot of building blocks that when you're witness to from day one, it's interesting to see how these guys throughout the process, within a week, within three weeks, and then when you get ready to go to training camp, so it is an exciting time, but it's no more exciting than for the draft choices, for the young guys, the guys that are fighting for position, some of the guys that have been traded to the Bears. So, um, you know, it's, it's exciting to look at the development, the growth of uh, some of these young guys.
1: And a bummer for Daz Newsome. Uh, suffered a shoulder injury, so he's going to be out of it.
2: I feel bad for him. Obviously, that's a part of the game, and you know, Daz is—you know—has to show some resiliency here, that he's willing to do the work that it takes to recover from this injury. But it's not going to diminish what he's capable of achieving in the long run of his career. You know, you go up and you, you try to make a catch for your quarterback and you awkwardly fall down, and, you know, that's always the threat of the game. However, I, I still think um, we're going to be able to talk a lot about Daz Newsome and the development of his career.
1: All right, here's, uh, here's what we do on these shows, right? We, we take a look at back at what's gone on over the course of the week in terms of interviews that were uh, made available to the media, and Andy Dalton was one of them as he met the media for the first time as a Bear quarterback and got a chance to see him and watch him play and uh, already earned the nickname of the fiery redhead from head coach Matt Nagy. Well, I, I think it, it comes
3: with experience and, it, you know, understanding how things should look and – um playing the position of quarterback, you're obviously going to have a voice, but then you, you throw the experience and, and, you know, how long I've been doing this into the mix too. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's, you're in that leadership position. and You want to make sure things are going the right way. And so I'm sure that's what he's alluding to with the, the fiery redhead comments, but, um, you know, I'm trying to do everything I can to to make us the best team that we will be come, uh, come the fall.
1: And, frankly, I want my quarterback to be able to, to challenge uh, the skill position players, the receivers, to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, it can't just be the head coach. It's got to be the quarterback.
2: This is only not only the receivers, Jeff. I remember getting yelled at, scolded face-to-face by Jim McMahon at Denver Broncos Monday night game. And it still lingers with me because he's the guy – that took the abuse of my mistake and so when you talk about Andy Dalton and now he's trying to take this big lob of clay and mold it into an offense that works efficiently hey man everything can't be said on a on you know as he's trying to earn the sash of Mr. Congeniality it's about making sure this is the best team possible come week one against against the Rams as their opponent so Um, that's kind of the fun part of being involved in sports, and one of the challenges is that you're going to get yelled at in front of your peers by one of your peers, or you're going to be encouraged. Whatever the case is, it's always a part of the the growth process.
1: All right, what'd you do in that Monday, night game?
2: I gave up a sack, I think, to Michael Dean Perry, uh, to Jim McMahon on a three-step drop that he should have never got hit, and I had just enough time to turn and yell, look out and he hit him, and, uh,
1: uh-huh. yeah,
2: the abuse just Yeah, you got beat across your face
1: or, face or bull, or rush? bull rush? No. Because if you he tell he me bull, bull rush, rush, man, I'll be disappointed.
2: Grab my wrist and turn my body, and the rest was <laughs> Nick <Man's laughs> the history of getting hit.
1: <laughs> I like to hear these old stories. We'll get more from Jim Miller coming up next. This is Bears All Access with our producer, Sean Anderson. I'm Jeff Joniak with Tom Thayer on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. And welcome back to Bears All Access. We are brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, welcoming in from SiriusXM XM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains, Jim Miller, the former Chicago Bears quarterback. Good evening, Jim. How's this uh, June 3rd treating you? It's, everything's going good, Jeff. Tom, always
4: good to talk football with you guys. Yeah, a lot going on. It never ends in uh, the NFL. It's always twenty four seven. It'll start to quiet down after these last OTAs and, and mini camps finish up. But it sounds like a lot of teams are are getting uh, you know just the volume of players. There is a, a high attendance rate, and that's a, that's a good thing. And it tells you that the players are motivated to go in and put in the work and have a successful season.
1: Yeah, You know, as a football fan, I don't want it to slow down. I don't mind if it goes right up. Maybe a couple weeks in July, let me have a summer vacation. But other than that, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. I'm going to poke this to you in your direction here with Andy Dalton and what Matt Nagy had to say yesterday, Jim, about his job. And and what I essentially call, and I don't mean this in a demeaning way at all, but he is a – point guard type of quarterback and i think the explanation is is really there on the table with this uh bite from matt
5: nagy yesterday we have a lot of young wide receivers and so they're saying that if you don't get your tail to that spot he's gonna throw the football and if you're not there and it's an incompletion and it's your fault then we got to figure out you know are we going to keep letting that happen or we gonna get somebody else and and that's kind of that's what i think is neat to see And, and andy he's got red hair too so he's like He's got that fire. You know, he's like, so he'll get pissed now and tell you if, he, if you do something wrong, he's going to tell you. I kind of like that.
1: Uh, uh, it sounds like a Jim Miller quarterback right there. But in terms of the fiery emotion that players like to follow, uh, in terms of that, is that uh, selling him short at all when I, when I say point guard quarterback? Because distributing the ball, getting it to the guys that are open and, and being there on time and on target. No, I, I
4: think Andy's a better athlete than what people give him credit for. The guy's got 22 rushing touchdowns. It was interesting. We had a caller call in, uh, you know, thinking really highly of Jameis Winston in, in high regard. He thought Jameis should be rated the, the third best quarterback in football for his athleticism. And I'm like, what? I'm, I'm like, he goes, well, probably just Russell Wilson and, and uh, Patrick Mahomes are ahead of him. And, and, and that's about it. And I go, what about? Uh, you know guys like Aaron Rodgers, who was the league MVP, or the athleticism of of Josh Allen, and so I went through in some numbers last night. I would put Andy Dalton ahead of Jameis too on that list. You know Derek Carr, all these guys. Andy's got 22 rushing touchdowns uh, for his career, so he can move around, he can extend plays, and he's always been a, a good athlete. But I think what's what's critical about Andy, he's always been a very good processor of information. People forget he was thrust in the lineup early. You know, Carson Palmer was retiring. They drafted Andy Dalton. He had to play right away, and he played well uh, his rookie season uh, as a Cincinnati Bengals. So, but Andy knows, too, because he's a, a timing and rhythm guy because he is an accurate passer. He needs those guys to be at that that spot when he can get rid of the football. There's always that time clock that is going off in, in your head, and I think he's got the leadership, and he can elevate guys. Uh, you know their their play uh, to bring them that to that level. Again, he's he's led teams to the postseason numerous times, and has played at a very high level his entire NFL career. He's kind of gets shortchanged how good he really is as a
2: quarterback.
1: Tom, how's that impact the O line?
2: Well, you know, the outline wants to count on the offense is going to move according to the direction that they have, you know, been instructed up front, whether it's protection or the running game. And Andy Dalton, they have to know that he's going to be in the area where they expect him to be in, depending upon the design of the protection. When you have a quarterback that you're uncertain where he's going to be behind you, you're just susceptible to giving up sacks. It changes the the most dominant part of the protection, so... Again, it's a part of um, what you know. Great quarterbacks are capable of. Where you want them to be, you want to make sure they're in the right position when you break the huddle. According to again, to, according to the protection. All
1: right, and uh, high, high praise, praise for Justin Fields from Matt Nagy. All
5: Justin wants to do right now is football. That's all he cares about. He just wants to be the best quarterback he can possibly be. He wants us to be able to teach him everything we can teach him. He wants to be able to learn from Andy. Coach Flip and Coach Laser are doing a phenomenal job right now, man. You want to talk about obsessed and passionate about helping these quarterbacks out. So it's it's neat to see. You feel it, and we just got to keep that going. And, again, work to that plan that we talked about with all those quarterbacks. And then just, just, uh, just let these guys grow at their own pace and then let us be able to evaluate them
2: quarterback that's the greatest thing about these guys being in the building because every second they're sponging the information they're getting from all the different directions all the different coaches they're able to talk to the players about football and you want to be able to talk about your job and how it affects their job and when you're a young quarterback like this and you're in the development stages of the nfl whether it's talking about the cadence talking about the huddle talking about the running game the passing game you know it's nice to see that you have a guy that his main sole interest right now is football.
1: And Jimmy, sandwiched between two veteran quarterbacks that are, are accomplished with Andy Dalton as the starter and Nick Foles as the number three, and that conversation took place. It's probably never easy to hear, is it?
4: Well, yeah, it's, it is never easy to hear, but I, I think they're going to break up the reps, you know, and he'll get a, a ton of work. Again, I don't think they want to; they're they're trying to force feed him, but yet they got to go at the, at the pace where the, the players, you know, willing to to have growth every single every every single day. And I think having the veterans, because I think both those guys are great teammates. I've heard nothing but great things about Nick Foles, no matter no matter where he's been, about his locker room presence, how helpful he is as a as a player, and Andy Dalton. Uh, I mentioned Paul Alexander, who, who coached with him. You know, raves about Andy Dalton and his ability uh, to lead and help out uh, uh, teammates. So he, this guy is insulated very well with guys who have played the game. Um, have had success in the league and uh, know how to approach the, the, the position and know how to prepare themselves uh, for games. So uh, out of ranking all the all the quarterback rooms uh, this offseason, Bears are definitely in the top ten, and I'm just waiting to see what happens down in Houston because if Deshaun Watts is no, no longer there, Bears would be in top five of quarterback rooms around the NFL. That's how good I think that position is right now for Chicago.
1: One thing I don't like about OTAs, If there is such a thing uh, of not liking them, because as a football person, I I like to see everybody on the field, but the media gets one day a week out of the you know, week-long festivities, and then that's their snapshot of performance. Who's doing well? Who's not? And sometimes that gets lost in the conversation a little bit for the the readers or the listeners. And you know, who's there at the given time? You know, that doesn't mean they haven't been there. We don't have the attendance of what exactly is there. But yesterday, there there was one defensive starter in Roquan Smith. So a lot of the defensive guys not. Uh, I'm assuming. You know, that 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 that's a story that people are going to latch on to. But, Jim, don't you think that's a one thing the league makes a little bit unfair on its own players and coaching staffs?
4: What? Just the the
1: The, the analysis is on one one day, one week.
4: Yeah, and you're, you're right. I mean, you know, guys that don't show up, I mean, there may, they may have had something else planned that, that day. I mean, uh, you know, so I don't think you can you can really just take that, that one day as, as, as a whole. It's really about the collective. If a player shows up, you know, typically teams want you to be there 90% of the time. And, and I, I think uh, for the players, I, most of those players are coming in right at that number at about 90% of the time because you've got workout bonuses and things tied to the contract uh, that, that where a player can, can make some money. So they're going to make certain that they, they do their part in, in order to get compensated, but yet they're still uh, gelling with the team and, and creating that camaraderie, things that are so important that you've got to build in the off season. And Primarily, it is geared more towards the young players, the first- and second-year players that are looking to take a jump. You want the veterans there because they're the ones that pull those guys along to To see how it's done, and they see how you're working, and maybe the reps, and they're still breaking down the tape and see how the veteran's doing it, and so that they can their process of, of growing can be brought along a lot quickly. So, you know, I don't look at it that way. I have b- been pretty amazed at the at particip- or at the participation rates of the entire NFL. I think you know the NFLPA really program the players Oh, you should opt out and all those things and bruce arians kind of put it out there on the thing hey man if you're a veteran not coming here these young guys they're working to take your job and so that factors in as well and i think overall it's been a great motivation motivating factor and why you've seen great attendance rates
2: i was always motivated by the fear of losing my job and if i was a veteran if i was a friend fringe veteran i'd be living at these otas i'd be taking every possible rep that i could i i could get if i was inside of a defense that's learning from a new defensive coordinator i would have i would want to learn all the information efficiently and be on the field in order to get those no pad reps I, you know, in in my football career, I've loved no pad football because it was the greatest time for camaraderie. Yeah, you were out there learning. Yeah, you were exhausted. You were going through conditioning, but you know there wasn't going to be any collisions that were gonna was going to change change the ch- course of your career. And I know Daz Newsome, you know, fell awkwardly when he and and he did hurt his co- break his collarbone. However. It, it, you know, just the whole building blocks of notepad football is fun, and so I, I I look forward to it.
1: All right, that's Tom there, Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak. As we move on here on Bears All Access, we're brought to you by IGS Energy. Here on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy, the score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW People Who Get It. Jeff and Tom and Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio is moving the chains with Pat Kerwin. And coming up in moments, running back, Khalil Herbert, the Bears' sixth-round pick. i going to focus on running game right now. David Montgomery yesterday was quite open and uh, ripped open the curtain a little bit on his own performance in 2020.
6: Like I said, I don't think I was vocal enough, and I don't think I left it all on the field as I should have. Um, I think I could have done better for my guys around me. You know, I think I sold them for a little bit, but um that's the off seasons for for me to go back and get to the drawing board and try to fix things that i felt as if i didn't do well on and just try to improve them uh i know this year i'm not here to let my guys down and i'm here for whatever may come my way
1: well fellas he wants to be more of a leader and be one not just for the running back room but for the entire team he's got that in him obviously that's what he was at iowa state culture changer type of guy but the rare guy that admits that you know what I, i i think i left a little bit on the table last year on the field uh Quite the admission. He finished strong in the final six. How do you take those comments, Big Tom?
2: You know, I'm super impressed with everything I've seen out of David Montgomery up until this point. But now I'm even more impressed with David Montgomery from listening to him talk about his own performance and how he's not necessarily 100% satisfied and he has room for growth and improvement. Because, look, man, this guy's legit. He's a first, second, and third down back. He does everything that's required of him, and he does it at a high level. And just for him to inspire himself to work harder... It says a lot what he can do for the Bears. Jim,
1: sometimes you might have a guy that just says that, you know, words are words. But, you know, he backs it up. He is this type of player. I I would not think anything other than the truth from him on this one and how he evaluates himself because this goes back to his roots in Cincinnati growing up.
4: Yeah, well, we know coming out of college, he, he broke a, a ton of tackles. I mean, that he was the number one player in the country from that standpoint. Overall, I'm, I'm with you, Jeff. I thought he finished real strong. I mean, he finished six overall in the NFL. He probably wants to get to double-digit uh, touchdowns, thinks he's capable of that. And I think he th- believes he's capable of more explosive plays. He had five plus 20-yard uh, explosive runs in two plus 40. You look at other guys around the league, uh, they're ripping off like four when you got guys like Delvin Cook and guys like Aaron Jones, and I, I think David Montgomery has that type of ability where he can have more explosive plays. It's all got to come together as one the, the, you know, that was kind of disjointed in how the season was, but he did kick it in gear down the stretch and why he
1: finished so strong. And he says he's working out his speed this offseason. I've been working with
6: probably the best speed trainer in the world. His name is Chris Corfish. He's actually teaching me how to run. Like I'm 23 years old, getting ready to turn 24 here soon, a couple of days, but I have not, no, I've not been able to run properly the entirety of my life. Me not really realizing how I didn't know how to run. Um, he's definitely like cleared that image up for me, and it's definitely helping me out a lot.
1: Another crazy admission when you think about it. And uh, our, our Mark Roddy had a follow up question. You know, what specifically has this individual, his speed coach, taught him? He said, "Well, you know, I'd have to. It's like uh, giving up my mama's uh, chicken." Uh, recipe fried chicken recipe I'm not going to do it and you know that's the competitive advantage a lot of guys don't want to tell you exactly what they did in the off season, but uh, Tom uh, that's a that's an interesting takeaway as well from David Montgomery
2: but I, I hope you're able to complement the weight room with the style of running that he's being encouraged to use because I don't you know the, the one thing I don't want a, a track coach to tell me how to run fast and then it gets me out of the weight room because The recovery ability of David Montgomery, the abuse, uh, his yards after contact, it's because he has such a strong, dominant running back frame. In the weight room is needed as much as his running ability. So I hope each complements each other and one doesn't take away from the other.
4: Well, like anything, I, I don't think you can assume everything. I, I remember a few years ago when Prince of Mucamara admitted, he goes, I, you know, we were questioning about the lack of interceptions. And he, he goes, I really didn't learn how to catch a football till I got here to the Chicago Bears. And it was Eddie Donatel said, you know, you just, you, you figure a player is, a, you know, this guy was on a world championship team with the Giants. You just assume he knows how to catch a football. And it was Eddie Donatel uh, taught him how, to, hey, you know, if the ball's low, you know, put your pinkies together. If the ball's high, put your thumbs together. And he got on the jugs machine and learned, and learned how to catch. And I think that year he got four interceptions for the Chicago Bears. so you can't assume everything just because David Montgomery has played running back. You know, there is a technique to running where, you know, h- how you, you know, pump your arms that you, you can ex- accelerate quicker and, and things like that. But he still has to come away with, uh, you know, things about avoiding tackles and you're going to be at awkward angles, but the, the, just the, the style and the technique of running, you know, he's he's trying to better himself. And so I give him a lot of credit from that standpoint.
1: Hey, fellas, uh, real quick before we hit this break. Did you guys get as, and your exit interviews every year, or if you had them, because now it sounds like everybody does, and they get, this is what you want, we want you to work on, or this is what you want, you want to add this, lose this in terms of weight, or did you guys look yourselves in there and say, I need to do this specific aspect of my job Better and I just want to work out of the offseason, Tom. You first and what is it? To me it
2: was always what what is Clyde Emmerich gonna do with me in the okay, off season? Okay. How is he gonna make me a stronger football player? And then we took it to the field and we're able to convert weight room strength into into running coordination.
4: Jim? Jim? Yeah, I think you know definitely when the Bears went to a, the West Coast offense uh, under John Shoup, I knew I was going to have to work a lot on my footwork. I was kind of laxadaisical l- in my in my dropbacks, but in that system because it's a lot of it is a timing and rhythm, your feet's got to be your feet have to be like pistons in you know in an engine. And I I literally in one off season, so that's all I did is just a ton of footwork and drops and and things like that. And I literally came back the next fall. I was at uh, the training camp, and I'm watching myself on tape, and I'm like, that doesn't even look like me. <laughs> you know, I look like a whole new player. You know, and, and I, it did. I just, it looked like a, a totally different player from what I was, what I worked on, and then how I applied it after. And you definitely could see the improvement.
1: Coming up next, Khalil Herbert, Bears sixth-round running back, joins the program with Sean Anderson, our producer. I'm Jeff Joniak with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. 670- This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. Welcome back to Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score with top there, Jim Mellar, Jeff Joniak, and our special guest tonight, Bears rookie running back, and he's a good one, Garil Herbert, joining the program from Virginia Tech after a, a career at Kansas And, uh, Khalil, thanks for taking the time to join us. Now you're getting your your feet wet and settling down, uh, watching you both at rookie minicamp and then watching you at the OTA uh, this past Wednesday. Uh, I commented at the top there, you know, it's interesting when you read about a guy or watch a guy, but seeing him up close, you are a thick-thighed running back, and you are very impressive in terms of how you move out there. Uh, And on a 5'9", 210 frame, I don't know if that's your current weight, but Obviously, you got a lot to you. Otherwise, they're not giving you the nickname "Juice," right?
3: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I feel like just being able to be that size and that weight, uh, but definitely being able to move and run and run fast helps me out. And that's kind of how I got the nickname.
2: Two questions: Is is the gift of the size is that are you are you a weight room invested guy throughout being a young guy number one and number two every complimentary thing i read about you until we have a chance to watch you is about your vision and obviously your vision has to transfer well when you did transfer college programs but how long does that vision take to catch up to a new system now that you're in the bear system
3: yeah um you know, I definitely think it just comes with reps. Um, the same thing happened when I left Kansas to VT, just getting in the offense, getting comfortable uh, with the names, the terminology, the formations, the plays. Um, so then once you're, able, once you're comfortable with, with the offense, you're able to go out there and play fast and uh, just let your talents do what they do. Um, so really just becoming comfortable with the offense, I think that'll start to um, slow things down for me and, and allow me to just go out there and play and uh, use my abilities to help me out.
4: Well, Khalil, Jim Miller here. Welcome to Chicago. And you look at that, That you mentioned transferring. You have just a breakout season. And what I love about you, dude, you don't fumble, man. I mean, you had over 500 carries, and you and you coughed up the rock o- only twice. Maybe talk about that because your ability to break tackles and probably that asset al- alone, uh, teams are going to love you. And I know the Bears are going to love you playing for the Chicago Bears. So where, that, where does that come from, and why is it such a successful season last year after you
3: transferred? Yeah, um definitely I I give the kudos to the successive season last year just to my coaches and my teammates at VT. Um they believed in me, they allowed me to go out there and play my game. Um and they pushed me a lot during the off season and, and during camp. But uh the no fumbles I def- definitely think it comes from my uh, my time at Kansas. Uh whenever on film the ball would get away from our body or um anybody would fumble or um anytime you could see the ball on film, uh we'd have up downs every five yards um so we do probably five or six hundred up, five or six hundred yards of up downs after practice um every day until you know people stop people start taking care of the ball um so after that um it just do to pay to brother that's <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if the
4: listeners know what the up downs are, are but how many you did that's a pretty stiff penalty you guys are yeah. pretty hard on yeah. yourselves.
3: Yeah. And I mean, it helped because we stopped doing. We didn't want to do up down, so we we make sure we took care of the ball, and it translated. So,
1: uh, Khalil Herbert, our guest along with Tom and Jeff here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy the score. Uh, with that vein of conversation, uh, if you you're familiar with Charles Peanut Tillman, right? Charles Tillman one of the best cornerbacks yeah. uh, in Bears history, uh, arguably the best in Bears, and the peanut punch. So I know teams yes, do practice. I don't know if the, the defense is doing that up at Hallis Hall these days, but, you know, that guy could do things I've never seen before, and therefore it's it's a, a namesake for him. Um, that would have been a nice challenge for you, up, downs, or yeah. the peanut punch, right?
3: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but, you know, that's kind of one thing we harp our, we pride ourselves on taking care of the ball. Um, and make sure the defense doesn't get it. So it would be a good challenge.
2: Well, catching the ball going forward, I, I, it doesn't seem that you were, you know, I had a heavy-duty amount of, of catching the ball in college. So when you talk about developing that aspect of your game because it's something that's needed in the modern-day NFL offenses, is, is that something that comes with reps from the quarterback, from the jugs machine, or just, uh, you know, something that you're able to work on it during, during your own downtime in the offseason? Yeah,
3: it definitely comes from both. I feel like uh, just working on it on my own in off season, making sure I'm I'm catching the ball, uh, and I'm able, I'm getting reps just mentally catching either tennis balls or footballs. But uh, then getting with the quarterbacks, you know, before practice, after practice, during practice, uh, making sure that I'm I'm looking the ball in, um, just making sure I'm doing the little things to catch the ball. And it definitely helps, uh, but catching the ball has never really been a problem to me. Um, I've always been able to do it. just never got the opportunity to do it that much in college, but I'm um, definitely looking forward to being able to do it here.
4: Well, it's hard to work on it now because you're not in pads. And what I mean specifically is, you know, third down blocking or blitz, picking up the blitz and, and things like that. But what overall are, do you feel you need to, to focus on and want to take your game to to another level that maybe you need to, to shore up a little bit more? Uh,
3: definitely pass, bro. Um, definitely um, just really learning my assignments so I know everything I got to do. Um, pass protection, learning my assignments, so whenever I get the opportunity, I'm ready to go. Um, so I'd say those two things are two things I'm really focusing on, just getting better at um, and definitely helping out on special teams, just learning my role, learning my job, and trying to learn as many different positions as I can to help the team.
1: Khalil Harvard our guest, one of the Bears' sixth-round draft picks out of Virginia Tech, uh, a Florida kid uh, born in red, and uh, i tell you, I know this lingers with players, and I, I, I'm certain it's it's in the back of your mind, if not, but, you know, when I think of guys, all-purpose guys, and I talked to Tom about this today, I'm thinking about guys that put up a lot of all, uh, you know, yards from scrimmage or all-purpose yards, and you were great at that, obviously, you led the ACC in all-purpose yards in 20, but you think of Alvin Kamara, you think of Dalvin Cook, and then uh, the guy that's had the most in the last two years in the league, and I quizzed Tom on this because we don't see the Chargers much, but it's Austin Eckler from Western... Colorado University. Uh you know undrafted Alfred Morris out of uh, Florida Atlantic in his rookie year sixth round pick 1600 yards as a rookie. You hear the story about Terrell Davis, now a Hall of Famer with the Denver Broncos at Georgia, sixth round pick. It doesn't matter, does it? Where you're picked once you're here. You don't need to have the pedigree of a first round pick. How do you feel about that when you when you hear some of those names?
3: Yeah, definitely those guys are are guys that I looked up to growing up, I watched, and kind of patterned my game after. But just seeing where they started, you know, it's not where you start, it's how you finish. So, you know, they took wherever they got picked up uh, with a chip on, and and wore it with a chip on their sleeve, Um, but they got an opportunity at the end of the day, and they made the best of their opportunity. Um, So I'm trying to do the same exact thing. Um, But really just, you know, you got a foot in the door right now. It's what you do with with that foot in the door. So just uh, being grateful for the opportunity and going out and and you know, fully investing and in getting taken advantage of it.
2: You know, Khalil, you know, what can you learn from the backs in front of you? Because David Montgomery is one of the best backs in the NFL at yards after contact. But that's also one of the positive evaluations that I've read about you is they said the best back in the draft at yards after contact. Is that just something comes with the territory or could you actually watch tape of a guy who's good at it and learn something? Or is it just something that you're good at and you get better at it every every time you get that opportunity?
3: I definitely think it's a combination of both. Um, being able to watch guys and see different ways uh, they break tackles, different ways they make people miss uh, is definitely something I do. But then again, it, it comes down to just you know carrying the ball and, and getting used to breaking that contact, too. So I definitely think it's a combination of both. But um, like you said, Dave, he's one of the best in the league at it. So being able to watch these guys in practice um, and learn from them has definitely helped me a lot in the short amount of time so far. Um, I definitely think it will continue to.
4: Well, what's the plan for you, Khalil? After the the OTAs and and everything ends here pretty shortly here in the, in, the, in the next week, will you stay in Chicago? Or are you going back home to work with a a certain specialist, or do you have really a a, a program that you're going to attach to and where you're going to do it at?
3: Uh, yeah, I, I think I'll be going back to home. I'm, I'm looking for a, a place out here, and then once I find a place, I'll probably go back home for a couple weeks, just recharge, and then come back and be ready to go.
1: Khalil Herbert, our guest here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score brought to you by IGS Energy. Last one from us before we let you go. We really do appreciate it. It's always interesting to me when I start doing the draft prep of where your journeys all begin as, as, as players. And, you know, I, I knew you, you you played at American Heritage High School, which was a star-studded program with great talent. Many of your classmates drafted around the National Football League, including Patrick Sertan, Tyson Campbell, and many others. Um, for, this is a two-part question, but first, you know, did that sharpen – the steel in you because there were so many great players in that program. It, it you guys won state championships repeatedly. Uh, you were there only one year because you, you were at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, which people know the, the Parkland tragedy uh, back in the day, that was your first three years. What did those two experiences uh, do for you as now an NFL player, both the tragedy and, and also the the success of that program with other great players?
3: Yeah, I definitely that's why I transferred to Heritage. Um I wanted to play against I I wanted to play against the best in practice and, and um, you know, compete against the best um teams in, in the nation. Um I wanted to go there and show coaches that coaches in, in college that um, I'm one of the best backs in the state and one of the best backs in the country. So to be the best you gotta play with the best. Um but in practice, you know, in games definitely helped. Just being there with top notch guys. Um we always went at it. We always sharpened each other in practice, and it always helped. Um, we always compete, and I think that's one thing that I definitely learned, and it helped me when I went there. Um, and then the Parkland tragedy um, definitely was, was something, you know, to this day I still have no words to kind of explain uh, how it makes me feel, but uh, just one of those things that, you know, you kind of are a reminder of and to be grateful for where you are um, and what you're doing um, and to make sure that you you love on people, Because you never know when they're going to go, no matter what the situation is. So uh, just being able to, after all that, you know, I went home and was able to see everybody. Um, But just being able to connect with everybody and and, uh, make sure everybody's good and and take care of people uh, is kind of one of the things that ever since that day I'm kind of trying to do every day and make sure everybody's okay so you never know what anybody's going through.
1: Well, we really appreciate your time. We appreciate uh, having you here and uh, being a Chicago Bear. I wish you nothing but success in what is an outstanding running back room, and I know you're going to be a big part of the Bears. We didn't even talk about your return ability because you can do that too. So we'll be looking forward to seeing your, how your rookie year winds up, Khalil. Thanks for joining us.
3: Thank you. Appreciate you having
1: me. Our pleasure, Khalil Herbert. Our guests will continue with Jim Miller and Tom Thayer after this break on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams, I got to laugh because I gotta tell you a story about Anthony and Lawrence Green. Cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at ten thirty-five p.m. on Fox Thirty Two Chicago, or watch anytime at ChicagoBears.com or on the Bears official app. Jim and Tom with us, uh, Khalil Herbert. That's a pro right there. Love this kid. Very excited about what he's going to bring to the table. Special teams and on the offensive side of the football on a crowded backfield. It's going to be great. That's a terrific room right now. But Anthony Adams, so you know what? Almost once a week, for some reason, fellas, on my iPhone, I will butt dial Anthony Adams. Out of nowhere, all of a sudden, I see Anthony Adams, and I'm calling him, and I hurry up and hang up. So double A, if you're listening, hit me up one of these days. I, I there's It has to have happened 10 or 12 times in the last month alone, and I don't know why.
2: How snug the jeans are you're wearing. You better, you better loosen <laughs> no, them up a little. No, yeah. No, yeah, right. It's yeah. me running.
1: It's uh, my runs. I, you know, I, I don't get it. But anyway, it's that's, anyway. yeah, that's how you get though. into
4: your car, right, and it goes to Anthony. He's the first uh, letter in the alphabet, Anthony Adams, and right away. First on the list. You know, so, you're hopping into your car, and, and that's, what, that's what's going on, Jeff. You've got to move it to a different pocket. Uh,
1: that's what I would say. Uh, but maybe what's worse on this, the commentary is that he hasn't called me back. So, not even checking <laughs> on me. Maybe it's an emergency. So, I'm certain Big Tom and He's Jim on the air like, giving- oh,
4: there's Jeff Joniak butt dialing me again. He, know- he knows you're not even
1: there. Hey, uh, a great thing to check out, everybody. Uh, Tonight is the first uh, debut episode of the -the behind-the-scenes 1920 football drive on ChicagoBears.com. It's outstanding. Uh, It's on other uh, social media channels, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and and it features the 2021 draft, the process, the rookie minicamp interviews with scouts about the pro day process, the pre-draft interviews with guys like Herbert, some mic'd-up segments. It's a really nice 30-minute show and there's going to be three episodes of that. So uh, a shout-out to Jordan Treadup and his crew for putting that together. All those guys in Bears broadcasting do a heck of a job. All right. Before we let you go, Jim, tonight, before we hand it off to Mark Roddy and then Cubs baseball there in San Francisco, battle of first-place clubs, the news today brought a lot of emotion out of my guy, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, because the USFL is coming back. Out of mothballs after four decades, spring in 2022 they eight teams at a minimum, but if, if those eight teams are in the cities uh, that they were back then, they're going to have the original logos, the colors, all that. And then uh, you got two spring leads now, fellas. So how, how's this working? Maybe I should start with Tommy because that's an emotional start for you, the USFL.
2: Yeah, The USFL played a really important role in the develop me as an NFL player because I had Hall of Fame coaches like George Allen. I had one of the most winning Super Bowl coaches in the history of the league and John Tierlink as our defensive line coach who taught me a lot about offensive line play. And it was instrumental in my development, but it's also... It showcases a lot of guys out there that have a, are super hungry to play football. I could give you a hundred names of guys you never heard of that played football in the USFL. That that the only three years of professional football in their life was that USFL. I could tell you about a hundred NFL veterans that it was able to extend their career because of the USFL. And then you have guys that I brought up today, Sam Mills, Montclair State became an NFL great, all time great you know an an all pro guy in every way shape or the form character preparation and play and he would have never got a chance because he didn't pass the eye test but i want to tell you what if you want to take a linebacker in the nfl that stands about five six he is the one of the most dominant players in the history of the league you look at the linebackers he played with down at new orleans in vaughn johnson was another guy that played in the usfl with along with sam mills so I think it plays an important role. You know, I I have guys from my high school, a guy like Ty Isaac, who has as much desire to be a running back in professional football as anybody that's in the NFL, but this is going to give him an opportunity. This is going to present an opportunity. And no matter what spring league you're talking about, there's guys out there that are just chopping at the bit for their one opportunity in life to see if they can make it from that league into the NFL, just like every one of these guys playing minor league baseball.
1: I want to see. see. Does hey, Jim? Tom- Jim Tom- okay, sorry about sorry. The, the reverb, everybody. Uh, Jim, they don't they don't typically last these leagues, but you know, I was mentioning to Tom earlier today. NFL Europe did it, it was a long standing thing, and you were in it, so you you both have experience in other leagues. How did that impact you? And was yeah, because it was, it it was- necessary.
4: Yeah, it was NFL-backed, right? At that point, every team were allocating players. So every team basically chipped in like a million dollars, I think is what it was back then. So, you know, you could you could have a legitimate league that, that could function, and they were owned by European owners, but it was still, you know, backed by the, the National Football League. And I agree with Tom. I mean, it, it was an avenue to get more reps. It was an a- avenue to, to hone your craft. And I definitely came back from uh, NFL Europa, and I was more equipped and, and better equipped equipped uh to step on on the on the field and play. So and I'm always for that. You know, it's more opportunities for for guys. It's not just players, it's coaches, it's officials, it's you name it. Training staffs, so equipment staffs, so all that's involved. So it it supports a a lot of people and so you know, I think it's a, it's a good thing and it'll be a good brand of ball and We'll see how it's rolled out and how effective they are. I just want to know if Tom's going to roll out his Chicago Blitzes. He still has his Blitz jersey and his Blitz helmet. I got to know if Tom still has those things. Jim,
2: listen, man, I got Arizona Wranglers, Arizona Outlaws, and Chicago Blitz. I am going to be Mr. USFL Vintage. When I go out there and I start (laughs) pulling out my equipment and start sporting around. But, you know, listen, you know, everybody knows what the White Sox are doing. If you look at what your main Mercedes did in order to get his opportunity, I think he's in his 30s. And the road that he traveled in order to get to Major League Baseball that's the same desire there's a lot of grown men that have that want to play football and they're willing to get those reps in order to get themselves onto a football field and it's always going to be their desire to play in the NFL. When I was playing in the USFL alongside some of the all-time greats and all the Hall of Famers that came from the USFL to the NFL, it was their goal to get into the NFL just like it was my goal. So listen, if it provides an opportunity or a spark in their life or Jim talked about all the support uh, staffings that will be hired. I'm all for it.
1: Well, you know, Jim, he lo- the, you were on the Arizona Wranglers when the Philadelphia Stars won the championship in 84, uh, but 62,000 in Tampa. So you remember that game because right after that, you're on the way to Hallis or to uh, well, I, Platteville, I, right? The next
2: year. Yeah. The next, I played oh, the next another year, year with oh, the Arizona oh, okay, Outlaws.
1: Okay, okay, okay. And-
2: I came right to the Bears. I came from a Saturday night game that finished in Arizona State Stadium. I got in my car after the game, (laughs) drove straight through to Platteville, Wisconsin, and started full pad training camp that Monday morning.
4: Yeah. Well, I can tell you just growing up, I was a huge USFL fan because here in our area, obviously the Michigan Panthers... Uh, Bobby Aber was a quarterback. Anthony Carter was a, uh, the, their star receiver and he grew up and played locally right there at University of Michigan. so and, the, and they won it all. I mean it was USFL really maybe they started too fast, but it, they were trying to rival the National Football League. Certainly this model is going to be a little bit different uh, for them, but it's, it's a good thing overall for everybody.
1: Right, and uh, two spring leagues, that'll be interesting. And as long as uh, it stays in the spring, the NFL will not have an issue with it, I would think. And so more the merrier. Keep playing the game everybody loves. you got games being broadcast. Fox is going to be a part of that USFL uh, package. So it should be interesting. All right, fellas, we're running out of time. Jim, thanks as always. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys, looking forward to it, and you guys have a great weekend. Talk to you later. All right, you too. Uh, Thanks, as always, to our score staff and our producer today, Sean Anderson, Jordan Trenup, and Dan Barilli, our Bears producers, and, of course, Khalil Herbert, Bears running back. uh, Outstanding stories there. For Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. Mark Rohde coming up next, followed by Cubs-Giants baseball. Have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. We'll have more react from next week's OTA from Hallis Hall. Thanks for listening. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good night.